Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. I am continuing a series I began a few weeks ago. It's about boundaries. Somebody say boundaries. Boundaries. Say, man, I don't need boundaries. Well, some, uh, I'm being sarcastic here. Some really wise people think nations don't need boundaries, but then they have fences around their houses. Think about that. People say, oh, we don't need boundaries. Yeah, but if the neighbor ain't taking care of their yard, you sure want a boundary, don't you? I know a lot of the time we got good neighbors, but I, I brought this up a few weeks ago. You can always tell where my yard ends and their yard begins. Our grass is green. Green. And the neighbor's is not. It's cut, but it's not green, and that's fine. If it was up to me, my wife would probably tell you. I'd probably have everything trimmed and yellow. Just to save the water. I don't know. I don't know if I'd still do that, but I would years ago. I'd keep it cleaned and trimmed, but it was just yellow. But now you can really see the boundary there. There's boundaries for a reason. And my intro every week while I continue on this is going to be that God has boundaries. He created boundaries. Scripture says he created us what? Male and female. That's a boundary. Scripture says God said, let there be light. So there was light and there was darkness, right? Remember? The first day, the second day, all that, he created light. Why? Because there was darkness and he created a boundary. He also created a boundary for the ocean so that it would not pass that boundary. You can go to the beach and you see that the waters come in. Unless there's a storm, the waters stay approximately in the same place. You ever notice that? You go, man, how is this not encroaching upon the land more? Well, the, the water comes in and goes back out. There's waves and different stuff, but there is a boundary that God set. God has always been about boundaries. Now, laws, commands, requirements, commandments, regulations, you could just call them commandments. God has 10 of them in the Old Testament, the 10 basic commandments. All right? Now, this, you say, man, this, this will stress me out with this number. Well, check this out. Rabbis say that according to Old Testament scripture, there are 613 laws. That's a lot, isn't it? Aren't you glad that Jesus came and said, you know what? I give you a new command. A new command. So he starts talking about love God and love your neighbor. A new command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Really love somebody. Love others. All right? That's a boundary. It's a law. It's a commandment. Look at this verse, Romans 6.23. Tell me if you notice in this verse God and his boundaries. What does that verse say? Check this out. For the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death, right? There's a consequence for sin. Do you see that? That's a boundary. God says, you can, you're free to do what you want, but here's the line. If you cross that line, the consequences of that sin is death, physical and spiritual. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you see the boundaries just in that verse? God is a God of boundaries. That's why we have the law. People say, man, I, we, don't, we don't need the law. That, there's problems with that. I know there's different levels of this. Others say, well, we don't need the police, really. You don't need the police until you need to call the police. Right? Hey, I know there's some struggles out there. Our country is less than perfect. We've got our problems. But I know in this room today, this proves that we can have what we call heaven on earth. Different people from different backgrounds. We've had different hurts, different things in our life. We've got different skin tones. We've got different educational levels, different skill sets, 
different friendships. Some people like country music. Some people's like 80s sounding rock. Some people like just, man, put me on worship all day long, all styles, the whole worship genre, and that's awesome. Others say, man, I like hip-hop. Great. Just make sure it's clean, all right? I'm going to lay hands on you if you listen to cursing in your music. Don't be listening to cursing in your music, man, for real, or disrespecting women or men for that matter. But you notice that God has boundaries. People say, I don't really need boundaries. Well, that's, that's why you're struggling, man. I'm going to tell you something about my nature, my natural incl inclination, I think, as an extrovert, a free spirit. Not everybody's this way. I think, apart from God, I don't think I'd have many boundaries. Free spirits are like, let's just do whatever. We'll do it all at the same time. We'll have TV, eating, food, yelling, hollering. Someone's lighting something on fire. Let's just do it all at once. Some are like, not me, man. I'm just, I'm making a point. I'm exaggerating a little bit to make a point. Personalities are different. But at the same time, there are folks with introverted personalities, and they don't have boundaries in certain areas, and they are miserable. Why? Because God created you to have boundaries. I want to get back in and rehash one of my points from last week. So let's go to Matthew 5, 37 real quick. Matthew 5, 37. I'm not going to talk to you real long this morning. Matthew 5, 37. Just say a simple, this is what Jesus said, say a simple yes I will or no I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. He's simplifying saying, say yes or no. Now it doesn't mean you can't say maybe or whatever. He's talking about everything that can go with not saying yes or no. You ever had somebody lie to you and they're bringing up all kinds of other stuff? I remember years ago, man, we had a, uh, we had a men's retreat. And a guy made me laugh. He did something really funny. I'm not going to get into it, but we were in this room. And the guy, he, he said he experienced something, and he talked about it, and he said it, and so everybody was listening. And then he said, it was funny, guy, folks that do that always say, yeah, you can ask so-and-so. I don't mean everybody who says that is lying, but that's one way you can, a surefire way you can detect a liar. I had a friend I went to school with, every time he'd say something, he's already going, you can ask so-and-so. I'm like, I'm not asking anybody. Everything's a bit, but anyway, I'll never forget, we're in this men's retreat, and this guy had an experience, he claimed, and then he said, you can ask so-and-so, and I'm like, how did, how did the guy next to you know what you supposedly saw or experienced? How did he know? It's just interesting. You can ask so-and-so, no, how about yes or no? How about it happened, it didn't happen? How about if it didn't happen, I'm not going to say it did, right? Did you know the truth is always the easiest to remember? I got a great revelation of that in my earlier years. Say, man, but I, we need to, I'm telling you, once again, I, I allude once again to my old friend. We'd do simple stuff, and he would have plans on how to lie about it. And one day, I was like, I told him, hey, I said, hey, bro. We're not doing anything wrong. Why do we have an elaborate lie planned? Hey, if my mom asks, and you, man, if we're going to, I'm like, dude, I'm not doing that. It was a boundary. So words, words can be a boundary. How about no? You really find out where people are at when you tell them no. Now, if your boss is asking you to do something, you're on the clock, you go, this is a boundary. I'm not going to do that. You know, it's legal and moral and it's part of your job. Brother, sister, you better, you better, you know, get to working, right? It's funny too, though. I've seen people do this. And you should have, a, you should have boundaries. But there are those that say, man, I want a promotion, man. 
I'm praying that God give me a promotion. I'll do anything in this job. I'll do anything. I've worked with people like this. Say, oh, man, that's great. You're going to get a promotion soon. Why don't you throw the trash out? They're all, what? I don't throw out trash. I don't make trash. I burn it. You know, whatever. Hey, man. And I know we need to have boundaries because sometimes, sometimes in a job it's just too much because you can't get your stuff done you're supposed to get done. And they told you you got to get that done. They're telling you to do everything else. And you got to, that's where we communicate. We use our words. Did you know, I think as a whole I'm a pretty good communicator, but sometimes at home it just goes over my head. And my wife goes, baby, please use your words. (laughs) What are you trying to tell me? I'm like, I don't know. You don't speak caveman? Ooh, ah, you know. Come, you woman, I'm man, you know. We all have moments, even great communicators. You say, man, I, use your words. How about no? How about no? And how about not running from someone? I think the new thing is what? I don't know if that's a millennial thing or what's the next generation after millennial? Gen Z? We're doing letters now. So we start, we did X. Is there Y then? I guess there's debate. It's Y or net generation or something. X, Y, Z. So I'm a generation Xer. Cool. Y'all, y'all know what ghosting is? I'm not going to communicate with them. I'm going to just vanish. Just say no. You remember the, the movement in the 80s? It was it Nancy Reagan said, just say no? Use your words. Or sometimes, this is, this is your words right here, that's enough. Or stop. Or this is the last time. Or I'm not, even within this, this year, this has been an interesting year for a lot of people. There's been times this year I said, that what we just did, me and my wife talking, I was like, what we just did, we tried that, that didn't work, never again. It's funny, sometimes she's saying never again, and I'm thinking it. Never again, right here. We ain't going to do it that way. That, that didn't work. No mo. No mas, like Roberto Duran said. Some of y'all know your boxing history. Use your words. This is the last time. Stop right there. Yes or no. And be honest. With you. Now, we're going to get into something else here, but part two today is, or, or point two is, geographical distance. That's a boundary, isn't it? I've seen people that couldn't get away from influences, couldn't get away from influences, struggled, and they moved, and it changed everything. But sometimes they did that and didn't renew their mind, and they took all their problems to the next place, and they still had a problem. They said, man, i got to get away from my friends over here. They went over, started new, had new drug buddies, right? So, but geographical distance can be very helpful. That's where we get back into the ghosting, right? If you've already said no, then get your ghost on. I did that in the 80s and 90s. I remember I was a kid, and Mom and Dad, they thought it was so funny. They said, man, who gave these people our number? I don't know if they thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. They didn't think it was funny, maybe. Right, Lane? Is that how it is? They didn't think it was funny. I remember a few times somebody would call at 10 at night. This was a long time ago. This is the late 80s for those of you young, younger folks. Other folks are like, I was in my 30s in the 80s, whatever. But late 80s here, and I remember people didn't have boundaries. Someone would lose their mind, and it's on a school night, and they call you at 10 o'clock at night. That's random. And my parents would answer the phone and be mad and hand it to me. Once in a while, one of them would lay down the law and say, it's too late. 
Can you call tomorrow? Or can, do you go to school with him? Uh, yes, ma'am. Then he'll see you tomorrow. Bye. That's a boundary. But here's my point. If you've said no already to someone, or you said this is too much, or this relationship is out of control, it's abusive, I already said no, then you create geographical distance. You say, that's enough. I said no. And here's how I did it in the 80s and 90s, right, with kids from school and stuff like that. There were times I said no and no meant no. I said no. I was never excited about the one, let's be real, the one that would, that, I hated being chased down, especially by females. I was like, you don't, you don't know how this works, do you? You don't know how this works. The, I, I thought the male was supposed to ch chase the female. The people right now are going, yeah, but feminism happened and all this. Feminism got a couple things right. Women should vote, and they should have completely equal rights, and they should compete. They should do what they want to do. But you get to the point where it's so backward, and women even feel undervalued when they got to chase a dude around. Girl, let him chase you until you catch him. You ever heard that? My mama taught, taught us about that. See, Jen, that's what happened with me and Jen. It's exactly, I was, man, I got to the point, and I'm like, I just knew I was the man. I just knew it. Deep down, I knew I had a revelation. I came to her apartment one day after church. I said, baby. No, I didn't say baby, did I? Not, that was too early, huh? In my mind, I said baby. I was like, I'm not a composer, but let's make music together. I said, I play video games. You want to go to the next level? <laughs> hey, these are all free right now. Write these down. If I was real spiritual, I'd say, thank you, Lord, but I don't even know. Are you a traveler? Let's pack our bags. You know, whatever. No, but I came to her apartment one day after church. I said, hey, and I don't know if we flirted at church. I don't remember. People, all, ever since Jen showed up in, in late 2002, she started school here in 2003, folks are like, you're different with her. I'm like, no, I'm not. They're like, you're different with her. Whatever. Well, after church one day, I went to her apartment. She answered the door. I said, hi. I didn't say baby. She's all, when I said that, y'all should have seen her. She's all, you didn't say baby. I said, hey. You know, are, are you hungry? I don't know what I said. Do you want to go eat? And she goes, I can't. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, there's other snowflakes drifting around me, and they want to take me to, do you know who I am? <laughs> no, really, serious. That's a weakness of the extroverted personality. When you're immature, you think everybody needs to think I'm cute. Y'all know how you are, you extroverts. That all needs to be cute. It ain't. It ain't cute to everybody. It's just not. I'm not cute to everybody. I, it took me into my 40s to realize that. The boundary was, and Jen knew because God had been speaking to her. She knew it, was, it wasn't time yet. I didn't know yet, but I was trying to make it time yet, right? You know, what time it is, it's time. It's time. That's what time it is. And she said, no, I'm sorry. I was all. Oh, Subway for me and my cousin again, I guess. <laughs> over there. Well, I went to Subway over there. I used to love that Subway down over there. It was, a, it was a boundary. And there were times I saw it. I'd hang out with Jen, and I didn't know what was going on. I know God had spoken to her, and he'd spoken to me. And there were times I was in the flesh, I know, because God was working on me. I was young and immature. But there was a geographical distance that my wife would create. Before she was my wife, she'd, 
I was like, wait, are you enjoying yourself too much or what? She'd leave. And her geographical distance was all those others around you. I'm not them. I'm not her. All those ones trying real hard, that's not me. You know what I said? <laughs> I howled at the moon, man. I said, no, Lord, I know you spoke to me about her. It's on someday. But here's my point. You got, you, sometimes you have to create geographical distance. You say, man, this is abusive. It's too much. It's not what I'm. That's fine. Get balanced in the Lord. Get, seek God. Seek him in prayer. Come to this altar. Pray at home. Come on, on Sunday nights. Come at 7 in the morning or noon. Something. Seek God and create geograph, geographical distance, physical distance between you and the negative. Remember, boundaries are to keep the good in and keep the bad out. Let's look at Proverbs 22.3. Look at this. God is all about boundaries. Proverbs 22.3. A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. They see danger and they go, wait, we better, we better be wise. We can hide from that. We can defend against it. We can do something, but there's something coming down the pipeline. Some of y'all in, in February were like, wait, there's a toilet paper problem. We, got, we better find some toilet paper. You were seeing a problem coming, right? You say, wow, I don't know why, but it is. We're, we're running out. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequence. There are people around me. I saw people different places that I'm not going to do all that. I'm not going to plan on doing all that. Uh-huh, but you're going to be asking me for it later, so plan on it. Plan on it. They, no, I, why would I do that? I, I don't need to buy that. And you know, we've all been there, right? We've all been there. Say, man, I don't need any gasoline for my lawnmower. And then it ran out and then you didn't have any, right? Plan ahead. Plan ahead. And planning ahead, you can say, look, something's coming. I'm going to distance myself from it or I'm going to prepare myself for it. All right? Look at this. Let's go to, let's go to, Let's be real right now. The hot word of the year, the buzzword, social distancing. That is a geographical distance. I told my wife, I said, I'm social distancing. She's like, you were all up in their face. I'm like, really? I have a weird perception. Ask Noe, he first came to this church. He's like, bro, your personal space. I didn't know what. Like, man, you were like, I'm like, did I spit on you, man, or something, you know? He was like, man, you were right there. And now Noe's right there. He's all on me now. He knows me now. He's all right with me. See, I'm like, see, now we can talk. <laughs> this six feet, man, I'm shouting at you and stuff. But, hey, I know there's reasons. It's the science. Okay. Social distancing, that's a geographical distance. 1 Corinthians 5.11. Now, this is crazy right here because this is a big-time geographical distance that God has actually commanded us through his word, through the Apostle Paul. Look at this. He said, I meant that you were not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet indulges in sexual sin, wow, or is greedy, or worships idols, or is abusive, or is a drunkard, or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. Now, is that wild? Now, he didn't say, don't associate with anyone who does those things. Now, you got to be wise about that. Because Jesus hung out with prostitutes, uh, probably drug dealers, people cheating people, because he was, he was ministering to them, okay? But this says you're not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer and does all that stuff. 
Create distance between you and them. Verse 12. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, the Apostle Paul said. I hope everybody is listening because people have been using this word for years and it's misused and I know what you mean and we got to be careful about jumping to conclusions about people. But at the same time, Scripture explains Scripture. Jesus said, look beneath the surface to judge correctly and righteously. Look at this. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, the Apostle Paul said, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are what? sinning you don't start judging about everything else and that tattoo and that hole and their gene and this and that no he said those that are you know they're living in sin there needs to be a boundary do you see that and hey once again you don't just go call out everybody i'm not saying that but at the same time look at what scripture says it is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are willfully sinning wow say hey hey we don't do that there was, there was something that went on. Um, I'm going to use this as a great example. The Spanish ministry, Dad, has set up a wonderful team um, that, that does the Lord's Supper and different stuff. There's a team of men. Well, one of those men, a few years ago, they knew, I don't know how they knew, they knew he wasn't living right. It hadn't even come to Dad's attention yet. He wasn't living right. He was in sin somehow with a woman or something. And they, they caught him over there trying to do the Lord's Supper, and they said, hey, brother, I don't know all the details. They said, hey, brother, you're not living right. You can't be doing this. And you know what, you know what fake Christians say? You can't judge me. Uh-huh. There's people in the world that are said wisely, only God can judge me. Yeah, he will eventually, but right now, man looks on the outward, and there's times we've got to be wise and go, that's too much, but you can't do that. You can't bring that mess in here. You can't bring that in here. You can't do that. Can you imagine? I allow, this is really exaggerated. Can you imagine someone comes in and starts cussing in here? Brother and sister, it will be, it will be Elbow Fest 2020. Let me put my microphone down. Just so you know. One, two, three. Get it out of your system. Let's go to verse 13. God will judge those on the outside. But as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. You ever heard the saying, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch? You need to create a boundary. There is a chemical reason for a rotting apple that it will rot the whole bushel of apples. You got one stinky little dirty apple in there, it'll start messing up everybody else. Say, man, the other ones are stinky and dirty now. Uh Uh-huh, there's that one. You ever been in a group of people, everybody's fine until that one person shows up? Uh Uh-huh, you've experienced it. You're like, golly, they they just made everything messed up. They're punks, man, and everybody's mad now, and they're disagreeing, and it's that one. Hey, brother, geo, geo, I was going to say geopolitical distance. <laughs> Geographical distance, man, God bless you. You ain't invited next time. You know, I don't know. You just meet somewhere else. Don't, don't give them the update. I don't know. You've got to have boundaries, otherwise everything starts flying out of control. And here's another word for you from God. I believe this is from God. Please, God, who matters above all, and make sure that you're right with the ones that matter, don't you worry about the folks that are flapping and flapping and flapping. There's the, the book of Job talks about an ostrich, and all it does is flap. It can't fly. 
it just flaps and causes a scene. And you know what? That, that person that's just flapping and flapping should not matter nearly as much as the people who have been faithful and loyal to you. Many times when we get into people pleasing, we lose our boundaries and we, we try to please the people that should not matter one stinking bit in your life. I've seen that over and over again. I remember growing up, and then you hear some people saying, well, what will they say? I'm like, the ones that are saying stuff, I don't even talk to them. The ones that are saying stuff, they're punks anyway. I've seen their circle of friends. They're all punks. So in creating boundaries, make sure that you have geographical distance from the wrong people and you keep the right people close by. That whole saying, that is so not scriptural, keep your enemies near. Well, how does that saying go? Keep your friends close and your enemies even closer so you can check what they're doing. That doesn't make sense to me. He gets on your nerve. He will drive you nutty. Get him out of here. Boundaries. Geographical distance. Let me, let me get into one last one. I'm going to wrap it up here, okay? Time. Time should be a boundary. We can talk about different ways that time can be a boundary. Number one, look at, think of this. When you meet with someone and you feel like you're struggling in the time constraints and the time allowed, and you know what I do? As a pastor over the years, I had to figure this out. You say, there's those that you, you know it's going to be longer than with others. So what do you do? You meet and you set up a boundary so that you're not mad later. And if they get mad, well, they just got to repent, right? Because you meet and the first thing you do is, oh, man, I only have 15 minutes. I can go to lunch today, but I only have an hour and 15 you go to lunch, and they're 30 minutes late. You still only had an hour and 15 minutes, huh? It's a, that way you're not mad. It's a boundary. Another way you use time is time off from someone or something that's given you a hard time or time off from someone or something that has robbed your boundaries and your time so that you can regain ownership over an area that you've lost control of. Say, time out. Y'all with me? Everybody say time out. Uh-huh. Some of y'all have people in your lives like that. It's like, uh-huh, thank God bless you. Time out. God bless you. We're going to take a time out. I need time off from this. This is crazy. This is out of control. There's a lack of boundaries. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 3.5. Check this out real quick. Don't worry. I'm only at 26 minutes. I started at 11, uh, 10.47. 27 minutes now, so we're almost done. I will not take too long. You know that time is one of my boundaries, and I honor that boundary. There is a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, huh? You ever torn, seen a house being torn down? You've seen a house being built at the same time, all right? There's a time to embrace and a time to turn away. I think a lot of people think, man, COVID is a time to turn away, <laughs> right? There's a time to keep, uh, a time to search and a time to quit searching. Wow. There's a time to keep and a time to throw away. Some people think it's time to keep everything and they've, they've become hoarders. There's an imbalance there. You need to have a boundary there. Man, 2020 hit and we were giving stuff, putting stuff away. Of course, we start giving and when we start giving, I go, yeah, but there's some stuff I can sell too. And I love to sell even if it's for a dollar. It just gives me a, a special high that way. And someone goes in and goes, no, I'll give you 75 cents. I'm like, 99 cents. Take it or leave it, you know. I just, I like to hustle that way. I like to negotiate. 
you got to have boundaries with your time. I have 10 minutes, sorry. Or here's our service times. We start and finish on time. Do you think, this is none of you, but can you imagine we had folks that showed up 35, 40 minutes late? And I said, no, we better wait for them. I've seen churches do that before. Dad's up here looking at giving me that eagle eye look, too. He's going, not me. Dad's gone to Mexico, and that's a different time zone. And you say, oh, it's a time zone. No, it's south. It's still, someplace it's still mountain standard time. I mean, it's a different time zone for starting and finishing. A lot of Latinos think the party starts when I get there, and it goes till we're just exhausted and we fall over. Well, no, the party started at the time we said. If church is a party, we started at what time? What time does this service start? Do we ever start this at 10.05 on purpose? No, not that you know of and not that I remember. See, Wednesdays you say, he starts at 6.05. That's an accident. No, about five, six years ago, I said, maybe longer, I said, we'll start at 6.05. We'll give people an extra five minutes because it's a Wednesday night. They get off work and different stuff. But we start when we say, and that is good for boundaries. That's a good time boundary. How about your time with God? That needs to be a time, uh, a time boundary. Jesus said, couldn't you tarry or wait with me just one hour? You guys remember that verse? His disciples are falling asleep and stuff. It's the worst time of Jesus' life on earth. And he's like, he's fighting with the battle of I got to go to the cross. And his disciples are passing out, man. And he says, you can't just have one hour with me? Set aside some time? How about this one? This is real good now. And then we'll close in prayer. I need to get this one off my chest. Noise ordinance in Hobbs is for 9 p.m. Everybody say 9 p.m. If you hear this recording later and you're popping fireworks after 9 p.m., I hope they put you in jail. <laughs> Just overnight. You could cry, whatever. I remember I was doing jail ministry years ago. And we, <laughs> I was ministering to the dudes, man, and I would minister to them through the bars, and I'd stand in the hallway and preach to these dudes and talk to them, and they're like, uh-huh, and they're listening. There was about seven or eight of those cats in there one, one Saturday morning. Well, they said, oh, Pastor Matt, sorry, we're bringing a prisoner in. Or I don't know what they said. It, uh, I don't know. An inmate. I don't know. We're bringing somebody in. We've got to book them or something. So can you step out? They needed a boundary. Everybody say boundary. So I went down the hall, moved, and it was a lady. Poor thing. She came in crying, and she went, and they took her. They were taking her mug shots and stuff, and there's a bonehead in there. Bonehead, and I remember his name. I could hear his voice down the hall. He's all, let her go. Let her go. She's sorry. She won't do it again. Let, just let her go. I thought, what a punk, man. But I was over there going, <laughs> I mean, she's crying her makeup off. I don't know what happened. Pobrecita. And I'm like, man, I'm supposed to stay in the spirit here and minister to these dudes, this bonehead. And then he got quiet, and the, you could hear the other dudes laughing, and he's all, she won't do it again. She promises. Let her go. Like, man, punk. Time is a boundary. You know why? Because there are people that go to bed early and fireworks pop, pop, pop. They keep them up because some of them don't just sound like pop, pop. It sounds like we're in Afghanistan, man. In the middle of an attack. I'm like, are, we, are, the, are they taking over? Noise ordinance. Time boundary. 9 p.m. Tell your neighbors, tell your friends. If you live near us, man, I'm going to come over your house and pray with you and for you and confiscate your fireworks. 
Let's pray today because God is really wanting to do something in your life concerning boundaries. Even after all the laughs and everything, I pray you remember boundaries. Words, you can say no. Say no, man, that's, it's too much. No. Or you can, you can lay down another boundary and that's geographical distance. Say, man, I got to separate myself. Scripture talks about separate yourself from unclean things. You got to get away from certain things so you're not tempted. You got to get away from certain people if it's been a problem. And also time. Is there anybody in the house who says, Pastor Matt, I need to get right with God? Would you raise your hand, please? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, there's some hands in this house. God bless you. Let's pray together. Repeat this prayer after me, everyone in the house. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me. Cleanse me. Strengthen me. I can't do it without you. I want to be right with you, Lord. I don't want to live in sin. I reject sin, and I accept you. And I believe in you, and I want to do right. Thank you for your forgiveness. Cleanse me. And I believe that Jesus is my Lord, my Savior. And he died, and he rose again. In Jesus' name. I want y'all to look at me real quick, and we're going to pray one more prayer before I dismiss you today. I know there's been some uncertainty this year. You see all the memes out there of, this was me getting ready for 2020, but this is what 2020 did to me. You know, all these crazy things. This was me. This is, I know, 2020 through people. Man, this is my year. Guess what, though? You may not realize it, but it's still your year. It just had some distractions. It had some bumps. Don't think that God has lost control of everything. There's a big debate. Well, it's God in control. It's God. Once you've surrendered your life to God, he's in control of your life if you've submitted to him. So your life is just fine. You're going to be okay. You keep giving tithes and offerings, you will be financially taken care of, I promise, according to God's word. If not, throw your Bible away. And I know it's true because we live it. We live it. We watch it. And I've seen other people's lives. They're taken care of in that way. But then you say, well, we're blessed financially, but I'm a little scared, man. There's another wave of this and that. That's the, the news. There, you know what? I love what Dad told me yesterday. I don't even think I'm going to quote it right. But Dad, Dad said, don't, don't be surprised by what happens next. He said something like that. Don't let it surprise you. Anything could happen. That's not to scare you. That's for you to get ready and you to say, God is always taking care of me. Why would he not take care of me now? Why? Why would it be different now? Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Why would it be different now? Some of you shouldn't even be here. You should have been dead years ago. We've all been in accidents. People had surgeries. Y'all have walked away from stuff, and they're like, that was you, pastor, different people. Man, I've seen some of you were injured, overcame something, and here you are. You've kicked through. You've walked around. You've, man, there were times there was just no way to get through. You dug underneath, but here you are now. You made it. You came in crawling, man, with your tongue hanging out, but you made it. God is always taking care of you. He will continue to take care of you. So I'm going to take authority over fear this morning, okay? Fear. You say, man, uncertainty. It's not really that uncertain if you look at the big picture because Scripture said, Jesus said, it's necessary that stuff happens. This all has to happen. We're moving closer to the end times. You say, man, we're in the end times now. You just need to make sure you're right with God. You pray for the people you love and know that God's going to take care of you. 
Go ahead, and, go ahead and stand to your feet this morning. Let's agree together. I'm going to take authority over that spirit of fear. And we're going to stand as a church family in unity. You say, man, the church went a little longer today. That's okay. We all needed it. I did, and so did you. And God is faithful. Let's just believe God today. Man, if you're comfortable, raise some hands to the Lord out there and just receive right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we know what your word says. We know what Jesus said. He said, he said don't fear. Fear not. He said it over and over again. Fear not. And he said, I am with you always. I'm with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Lord, we know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If that was good enough for the disciples, it's good enough for us. And Lord, we know that you're with us. We know that you've not changed your mind about us. We will walk with you to the best of our ability, but so help us, God. Help us to walk through this fire and through this flood as we put you first. We know there's other things coming and they have to come. But Lord, we break the spirit of fear right now. Go ahead and agree with me. Lord, I break the spirit of fear off our lives, off this house, off everybody's bodies, off their minds, off their families and homes, off their houses. Lord, I break fear and I cast it out and I loosen power, love, and a sound mind. Lord, thank you for confidence, boldness, stability, excitement in your word and hope for the future because that is your perfect will. We give you glory today. And I speak encouragement, light, and life over everybody because apart from you, there's no hope. But with you, we have an amazing, amazing hope and delight and joy for the future. Apart from you, we can do nothing. But with you, God, all things are possible. And we trust you today, and we thank you for all the hope. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering, if you would, please. All right, go ahead and be seated because i got to finish on time, especially after preaching about boundaries and telling you that I finish on time. If you need an envelope for tither offering, get your hand in the air. We will see to you right now. Remember, there are three ways to give. You can show up at church on a Sunday and give physically, or you can give your tithing offering at the church office during the week, Monday through Friday, or you can go to kingsgatehobs.com or text to give at 45. Seven, seven, seven. Anybody else need an envelope? Let's pray one more time. Father, we thank you. We give you glory for the speaking and preaching of your word, but we also give you glory, even more than that today, for the reception of your word. Your word gives joy and light and peace and teaches us our boundaries. Praise you for the opportunity to give, and as we give, we shall receive according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen.